Welcome to Time Shopping Team, the weekly podcast where we review every story of Doctor Who right from the very beginning. I'm Trisha. And I'm Paddy. In today's Rambling in the TARDIS, we take a look back at Josephine Jo Grant and her time in the TARDIS. We'll be talking about her strengths and her weaknesses and also discussing her best and worst stories. We'd also love to hear your thoughts on Joe Grant, so to join the discussion, you can check us out at Time Team, that's T-I-M-E-T-E-A-M-P on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can email us at timetravellingteam at teamproductions.com. Now, Paddy, do you want to tell the lovely listeners how we usually go about these ramblings? So, normally in the ramblings, we spend a bit of time just talking bollocks, but no, um, what we will do is we will discuss the outgoing comp- character so in this case it's joe and uh, we will discuss the the th- the weaknesses that we think she has and then the strengths that she has and then we'll top it off by giving each of our own three lowest stories and three highest stories of where she did where the character was reflected the best yes so do you want to start off with the weaknesses yeah, I think we, we started doing that a while back where we did weaknesses first to end on a high note because we really were like, yeah. this is either awesome and this is why they suck. Yeah. Um, for me, I have one major weakness for Joe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you see this the same way as I do. For me, Joe's biggest weakness is her confidence or rather her yeah. lack thereof. No, yeah. Like you could say she's klutzy and she's ditzy. But for the most part, <clears throat> except the green death, <clears throat> mm-hmm. she goes out of that over time. Her confidence, though, is something that can be very easily shaken. And it shouldn't be because she's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think for Joe, that's probably like her biggest weakness is the fact that if someone talks down to her in a certain way, she will believe and act in that way. Yeah. Which I think does her a massive disservice. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'd agree. Um, because what I have down here, right, is that the, for the weaknesses for Joe, I think, was was actually kind of tough because we've talked before about her character development throughout her run is probably the best we've seen. And mm-hmm. so a lot of her weaknesses, they actually go away after a while because of the character growth. She overcomes those weaknesses yeah. so that they're no longer ever present. And I agree that like she does get down on herself unnecessarily at times. Like she's she is too hard on herself, and like she also kind of gets cowed when she upsets people that she likes, you know, or when they have a mm. kind of they have a bad reaction to what she has just done. And look, I can, I'm very much like that, as you well know. Like when I when I think my friends are upset with me, I'm not you know overly happy with myself. And I've took me a good while to get over my own self-esteem issues. Um, so I kind of, going over these stories with Joe, I've actually realized that I empathize with her a lot more. Like I, I, can, yeah. I can see myself kind of as Joe, you know, aren't I pretty? Mm. <laughs> but yeah, no, I will definitely agree like that. In a way, yeah, it, is she in a way that she almost doesn't have any weaknesses because as they go on, she's she stops being the character she was at the start. Whereas other companions, yeah, like Barbara is a good example of this. I think Barbara comes to us as a fully fle- fully grown individual. It's all and it's her experiences mm. off world and in the past that showcase her own ethics and her own weaknesses and stuff like that. And they're always there because. <laughs> It's just one of those things of where I suppose she all she all she's trying to find her way back home. 
whereas Joe, she's on Earth for a very long stretch of time, and then they have the doctor has a better working knowledge of the TARDIS, so he can get her back to Earth when needs be. So it's not the same case as like say Barbara. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So I would think yeah, confidence is probably her biggest thing. Yeah. Which this just reminds me of like my first performance review in work where like confidence guilt is my biggest thing. Um, but what I like about confidence being her biggest weakness is that it's a very relatable weakness. Mm. Do you know, I I can understand how people connected to Joe. It's very easy to see yourself in her. Yeah. And like, I suppose as much as we say that the uh, Barry and Terrence didn't really actually nailed the whole thing of writing the feminist character that they had wanted they actually succeeded in the other thing which is joe becomes actually a perfect gateway into the show for us because we can really relate to what joe is Mm. even even to this day like even now we're what we're over nearly 50 years removed from this story and from casey's run on the show and mentalities have changed and mindsets have changed culture has changed and the younger people like that are slowly getting into the show while things are different for them they can still relate to this character yeah i mean i think there's some things that joe puts up with that people nowadays wouldn't yes (laughs) oh yeah absolutely but the core the core aspect of it the core part of her um except that sort of desire to please and to be appreciated and to contribute and feeling bad when someone says you're not hmm. i think we can all agree with you know, relate to that in some respects you know yeah. be it in a work environment or a personal environment or whatever hmm. and um, i think and i think going no this is just my own thing in a time where mental health seems to be kind of an inc- a much more issue at the forefront of discussions where there's not as much stigma attached to it now, confidence does play into mental health a lot. So I think, yeah. like, Joe can still be used as, like, a guiding post. Like, you know, like the guys in Star Trek or Mission Log talk about morals, meanings, and messages. Joe, you can, a lot can be taken away from Joe's whole thing of confidence and how she overcomes it. Granted, it's a fantastical situation, but you can still take stuff from that and apply it to real world, you know? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think... I think that's why so many so many people who came in through new Doctor Who are are still loving Joe. Mm-hmm. Do you know when she came to the Sarah Jane Adventures, I had only seen one of her stories before then. Yeah. Um, but like people were losing their minds that Joe was coming back. Mm. And yeah. again, people who maybe hadn't seen the classic stories saw Joe in Sarah Jane Adventures and were like she seems really cool mm-hmm. and they went back and they became fans of hers and I think you know talking about it as a weakness I think it's a weakness that is a very human weakness mm-hmm. and it's one that really particularly when you're only going to have one companion yes I know we have the Brig and the boys and stuff but they're more uh, story based really yeah. most of the time um when you're only having one companion, having her have such a relatable component to her personality, I think is a really good entry mm. point for fans watching. And I I think this is the first time again, where, like, the first time in a rambling history where a weakness, we're speaking about it in a positive fashion. 
Yeah, like, I mean, we, we kind of said that, like, about Ian and Barbara in the past, that, like, their weaknesses became their strengths, or their strengths yeah. became their weaknesses. Yeah. Um, This is still a weakness, mm-hmm. but it's a very human, very real weakness, which is very good to see on TV. Yeah, I know, I agree completely. So, after weaknesses, we have our strengths. So, Paddy, mm-hmm. strengths for Joe? Yeah. So, I'd like to start off by making an apology um to both i suppose joe and katie manning so listeners um from the joe start will remember that i had made comments about joe was the something for the dad's companion Mm. so and now after going through this run i would like to make the apology because i was completely wrong in that assessment of joe um it's it's coming from like a poor it was coming from like just a poor memory because I hadn't watched some of these stories in over 10 years. And some of them I'd only watched the once compared to other characters who I've watched multiple times. And it's a poor impression to give to someone. Uh, it's a poor impression to give to our listeners, first of all, that I know a couple of them, their journey through Classic Who was strolling through the podcast. Uh, so like they're coming off their listening to our recap of the story. They're listening to our impressions of the characters. And I think that that assessment at the start was a very poor initial impression to give. Because Joe, as I've said multiple times, quite possibly has the best character growth we've ever seen in the show so far outside of the Doctor. Yeah. Um, she's a great example of a companion. She's absolutely fantastic. Like she's clever, resourceful. She's fearless. She's empathic. She's more and like what I love. I always love is that when she's separated from the doctor, she can carry the story by herself, and she can also, and that in sense can also be the more interesting part of the story going on. What's the doctor doing? Don't really care. What's Joe doing? Tell me more, please. And yeah, like. Katie, I think, has definitely has just catapulted it to my top ten. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, sorry, Joe, no, sorry, Joe has catapulted it to my top ten. Uh, Katie is just a lovely individual from all the interviews and behind the scenes stuff that I've seen. Like, so yeah, no, like I again, I apologize, and I would strongly urge anyone to just to watch her run. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'd agree. Look for me. <sighs> I'm going to start by reiterating the comments I've made several times now. I was not expecting this character. My experience with Joe before getting into this watch through was I'd seen her in the Sarah Jane Adventures where yeah, she's very klutzy but very sweet and a bit of a hippie um, which I thought was kind of cool. I had seen Peladon but only once and that was years ago like literally 10 years ago and so all I'd seen outside of Sarah Jane and Peladon 10 years ago all I'd seen of Joe was like random clips online a lot of which focuses around her introduction to the doctor her being really clumsy and really klutzy and I was like I'm not going to like this person and Tower of the Autons didn't really do a whole lot to, you know, make me like her, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the growth this character has had, I think she's absolutely fantastic. Um, 
her strengths for me she's incredibly resourceful incredibly resourceful um like in terror of the autons she mentioned all these random skills she has (laughs) like (laughs) completely fucking weird skills but what i love is that we see her use them and not just as a one-off we see her use them over and over again her escapology being probably the main one yeah she's also incredibly brave and she's able to take care of herself and like you said we see this in the long stretches of story where she's separated from the doctor and not only is she able to make do on her own without the doctor but she's driving the plot forward you know planet of the daleks a few weeks ago is a prime example what's the doctor doing i I don't give a shit uh Joe's having a great story here. Let's let's follow what Joe's doing. Um, and I think that's great. I think we haven't really had a character like that in a very long time. Uh, I mean, Liz Shaw kind of had it a bit, but they didn't give her enough screen time for it, I don't think. And before that, it would really be Ian and Barbara, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Any other strengths specifically you want to call it? Uh, I don't think so. Like, uh, I think we've just kind of nailed everything between like just the fact that she's a very resourceful, fearless, empathic character, and she's capable of carrying the story on her own. Mm-hmm. Like, if we had seen something like like the massacre, which Stephen, on in our opinion, unfortunately, didn't carry. Yeah, I think Joe could have carried something like that. She could have carried a decent four parter where she is where she is like the sole focus. I agree. I agree. I suppose speaking of stories, will we move into the latter half of the the rambling? Yeah, so we have our low points or our worst stories. I have a three two one. Do you have a three two one? I have not no no you know me normally I like to have like uh three two one, but for low points I only have a two and a one. Okay. Um, I, then, I could stretch. I could potentially, sp- I could potentially stretch it to a three, two, one. But no, I tell you what, I'll stretch it to a three, two, one. Only out of fairness to other companions I've done in the past. Okay, and then we have the best stories, which we also have a three, two, one. Yes. Do yes. Did you do three, two, one again? Yeah. I did treat. I did three, two, one because I, as we've kind of <laughs> alluded to on the main episodes. Um, this was a fucking tough rambling to decide on a three to one for best stories. It, it really was, was fucking tough. Because also the worst stories was also really tough. <laughs> it was like because I went through my notes for everyone. Like no, and previous companions I knew off the top of my head. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a shite one. That's a middling. Whatever. Here I was like, no, I have to go back through all my notes and I have to be cutthroat and I have to really make a decision as to which is the best. Yeah. My, I'll tell you one thing about my worst. My worst all have a, th- mm-hmm. a theme. They have a similar theme <laughs> on why I don't like Right, them. okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, okay, because you've got, you, you've got the theme, do you want to go first? Okay, so my three, two, one, where three is the least worst and one is the Worst, worst. Worst, worst. Um, are at number three, I have the demons. At number two, I have the green death. At number one, I have terror of the autons. And actually saying it out loud, I'm going to switch two and one. Three is the demons. 
Mm-hmm. Two is Terror of the Autons, and one is the Green Death. Okay. Cool. Can you sense the team? I have two of those. <laughs> yes, I can sense the team. I have two of those. Okay, what's your three to one? Purely because of my own fucking OCD when it comes to these lists, I put Terror of the Autons in at number three. Mm. I have Day of the Daleks at number two. And I have Green Death at number one. Green Death mm. being the worst. Mm. <laughs> That's sad. It's sad that her last story is, in our opinion, oh, her yeah, worst. Yeah. It, it, like, oh, it fucking infuriates me. It really does. And I think I was saving a lot of my anger, mostly because I didn't want, you know, the, the actual Green Death episode to go over time because I knew we'd be rambling about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the theme I had, Paddy, what's the theme? Poor writing of Joe's character and her poor treatment by the other characters in it. Yep. Ding, 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 ding. Because yeah. <laughs> like, I was like going... Oh, but I I like Joe and the demons, and I'm like, yeah, but not everyone is nice to Joe and the demons. <laughs> yeah, like it. The, picking my third one, like the Green Death and Terror of the Autons, like Terror of the Autons was always on my list. The Green Death was added to my list as soon as I finished watching it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like... <laughs> And then I was trying to pick number three, and like you, I went back through all my notes. I'm back through all of my notes. Mm. And without even looking at my notes, the one that was sticking in my mind was the demons. But for the demons, I had put in, oh, Joe, has, this is great, and that's great, and that's great. But she's treated like absolute shit. Yeah. If you're a fan of Joe, that episode is not good. Do you know? Okay, yeah, okay. If you're a fan of Joe getting respect and treated right, it's not a good story. But I, yeah. I think Joe is really good in it, though. Like I, th- like, I, it's definitely one of my middling ones because of her, her standing, her defiance against Azal, and just again her resourcefulness in it. Like I just really, really liked it. But I can definitely see, yeah, her treatment in it, and the fact that she doesn't tell everyone to kind of fuck off. It is annoying. Yeah, that's why it's in the number three spot. Um, it and there is a big gap. Between that one and the other two. <laughs> like, there's a chasm between the demons and Terror of the yeah. Autons. Yeah, there, there really is. Um, so, I was going to say, since we both have Terror of the Autons, you have Terror of the Autons in three, and I have Terror of the Autons in two. Why don't we do Terror of the Autons next? So, what was? why did you include Terror of the Autons? Okay. So I included Terror of the Autons because, right, now I remember when we initially did Terror of the Autons, I was like, okay, I can't be too harsh to Joe because we're only just getting to know her, right? Mm. And there's there's not a, like, it's, it's tough to get, like, a full-fledged thing of the character. But we're presented that she has, like, this defiant streak and you know she's meant to represent women's liberation uh, and to start the kind of the feminist movement but she does get talked down to quite a bit in it and we talked about her confidence issues and she's just like now granted she's only an agent she's not the military personnel she's a civilian agent of unit so i don't know 
yeah, like maybe she doesn't like at that point in time standing up to the guys. And I think the one big thing that was kind of stuck in my head was that she is presented as overly ditzy or clumsy, not because of the fact that she's a klutz and she knocks stuff over or what she, you know, putting the the, the smoke out in the doctor's experiment. But I don't know where it's the bad writing, but she goes off to investigate a factory, yet she she can't remember what the factory is. And there's no like there's no kind of thing of post mm. post hypnotic suggestion, and like the the thing is like you know okay you didn't write down beforehand which factories you were going to check out and things like that so it was just while we weren't given the best indication of the character it was still um, I know it was the start but it was it kind of left a weird bittersweet taste in your mouth because you were like preparing for now for fuck's sake is this what it's going to be like now going forward for each of them. So that's why I push it in at number three. Yeah, I'm very similar with you on this one. Um, And I'll give an example. Our first introduction to Stephen was the chase. Yes. And at the end of the chase, I knew Stephen was going to come back as a companion. I knew that already. And I was actually looking forward to Stephen coming in. Because I liked him in the chase. Yes. I then fucking hated him after that. But that's that's (laughs) what... For me, as an introductory story, if this was the only story of Joe's I ever watched, I probably wouldn't want to watch any more of her. Because, mm. yeah, she's clumsy and a bit ditzy and whatever. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. People are clumsy. But it's presented on the show as this gross negative part of her. Like, this is a major failing of this person. And that's the way the show presents it. Yeah, That's the way the doctor reacts. Yeah. The doctor's very demeaning to her. Everyone is. They treat her mm. like a child because her uncle works for fucking the UN and got her the job. And I'm like, do you know what? I, I don't want to watch a character like this. Um, And only because I knew what Joe would become a little bit from seeing her in the Sarah Jane Adventures. And obviously we're doing the podcast, so we didn't really have a choice. I was like, Joe, <laughs> I'll, I'll give her, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. But for an introductory story... For her character, it was incredibly weak. Yeah. If you think back to uh, Spearhead from Space, which mm. had to introduce a new Doctor and Liz Shaw, by yeah. the end of it, you're like, Liz is quirky and, well, not quirky, but like she's sassy and fun and yeah. intelligent mm-hmm. and whatever. And mm-hmm. whenever anyone talks down to her, she's like, oh, fucking mind yourself. Like, do you know? Yeah. And with Joe, it was just, she's a child. Hmm. who's treated like a moron yeah and i was like i'm not i'm not enjoying this and i think it was a very no, I, I think it did katie a disservice and i think it did the character as a whole hmm. a disservice to have that be the introduction yeah no i agree i definitely agree so then we have your number two which was yes. day of the daleks cool go <laughs> um right so <sighs> We we talk okay. We talk in the demons, right? And um, about Joe believes in the supernatural, or she has an interest in the supernatural. Mm. And while it's been proven to some extent that science, uh, like what is it? It was a um, who said it was it 
Arthur C. Clarke said about, you know, any superior form of technology is indistinguishable from magic. Like we mentioned that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, okay, she knows that there, there's a potential element of um, science behind supernatural. So when it does the, the ghost, like, you know, the vanishing person in Day of the Daleks, there's still that element of the super, like there's still a small belief of the supernatural in her. And the doctor again kind of pokes fun at her about it. And again, I would just love for her to tell him to, you know, just fuck off. Just, and one, I, did, I just wanted her to rail back against him. But two, also, I wanted to see her have a small bit more of the critical thinking to kind of say, well, okay, could this have been like, you know, with the demons? Could this be a scientific phenomenon as opposed to a supernatural phenomenon? Um, also, again, because of her tenure with the Doctor, now I know that Day of the Daleks was her first travel through time as such. Mm. Like her interactions with the, excuse me, the controller, like she seemed to take a lot of stuff at face value. Whereas later on down the road, she's a bit more critical, excuse me, a bit more critical of stuff. So I think like when she kind of really gave out to the doctor for being rude and like you know but he's telling us this and it's like well yeah he's telling you this how many like how many adventures have you been on now where someone has told you something that isn't quite on the up and up so i just think there, there's sort of been a small bit more critical thinking from joe in that story based on the development we had seen thus far yeah i can see that yeah. i can see that but pole vaulting into the fucking number one position <laughs> We talked about the Green Death earlier in the week. Yes, Please see we the did. previous episode for more of our thoughts on the Green Death. Um, <laughs> Hello, Terror of the Autons, part two. Yeah. It's just so, it's like, so frustrating. What the and hell? Like we, like, <laughs> I, talked, I talked about the only reason I would watch it is because of the Doctor and Joe's story. And I think that's it's more so from the real life thing of John and Katie's story now. The more that I think about it, because you know me, I'm yeah. a big fucking softy. Um, I'm a big softy, but like Joe's treatment is just so fucking backward, and Joe herself is so like backward. Your your comment there: the only reason you would watch it is because of Joe and the Doctor. That's the main reason I fucking wouldn't watch it. Yeah, I don't like their portrayal there. Like it when you take them from the end of planet mm. into this, you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Like, like I, I the the more I think about it, I think it's just John and Katie. It's it's their performance because this mm. is a real life. It's a real life is mirroring this. I you know me, I'm a big fucking softy, so that that is it. Like to, just to, to work out their professional goodbye in the context of the story. That's the only reason I go back and watch it. Yeah, I mean everything you said. I mean it's literally the Tower of the Autons Part Two. It's the exact the exact same story beats, you know, except she doesn't get to use her. Like we don't actually see. Yeah, she goes off to investigate the maggots or whatever. But what does Joe actually contribute to the story? She doesn't drive the plot. She like I I don't think she drives the plot in any significant way. She has that serendipitous moment. And that's it. Yeah. For her final story. 
I think we should do like, a little show on this. So when she came back from the planet of the Daleks, she just decided to take a small break and just, you know, leave unit for a while. Yeah. Like Yeah. We're gonna to get to we're going to get companions in the future who when their actors were leaving, they specifically asked not to be married off. Mm. Because yeah. in a show like Doctor Who, in this era mm-hmm. where we don't explore the companions' lives on Earth between stories, to put it in contrast with the new Who era where we do, when you marry them off, it's just someone they've only just fucking met. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? And like I said, we're going to get to companions in the future where, like, the actor, like, I was going to say it now, and we'll, we'll talk about it again when we get to it. When Elizabeth Slade was leaving, she begged them not to make her final story about her departure. Mm-hmm. She did not want a departure story. She wanted it to be her last story. And at the end, she goes, but it wasn't building up into it. Whereas this is building up into Joe leaving. Yeah. yeah. And they don't even do it well. <laughs> <laughs> they really don't like Liz Shaw didn't even get a departure mm. and yeah. I would say her last episode was better yeah like I think the best example of a story leading up to someone's departure was probably Victoria yeah I would agree that was, that one yeah, was that handled was, very well it was it was done incredibly well and whereas here it, it's not it's the comp- this this is the complete antithesis to that one i think as well the chase was done quite well in the sense that it was a great adventure story and then it was just included at the end yeah that they could leave yeah but but like, like in terms of like throughout the entirety of the story like the entirety mm. the six part episode that we'd watch because I I'm even looking at it there now Fury from the Deep actually made it into one into my number two on her best rambling you know mm. because of her performance and the whole it just felt sensible whereas here it doesn't and it really really annoying yeah um and I think like I said like if you're someone who's like okay you know I wasn't a big fan of Terror of the Autons. So let's watch her last story to see how she develops. If you only watched her first story and her last story, what a fucking waste of a character. Huge. Like, hugely. I wouldn't watch that, like. But how about stuff that you would watch? Oh, stuff that... This was hard. Um, it was. This was it really was. hard. But you know what? These are stories that one of them I haven't referenced as often, but I referenced it a lot today. I referenced it a lot um, in our discussion of the Green Death, and the other two I've been referencing since we got since we first spoke of them. Okay. So my three, two, one, where three is the where, where one is the best, basically. Mm-hmm. At number three, I have the Sea Devils. At number two, of the Planet of the Daleks. At number one, I have the Curse of Peladon. Nice. That's How good. About you? <laughs> number three, I have Frontier in Space. Number two, I have Planets of the Daleks, and number one, I have Curse of Peladon. 
<laughs> for a second there, I thought we were going to have like a completely different set of three as a because that would really highlight just how great Joe was as a companion. Oh, oh like um, believe me, like I I had like Mind of Evil, I had the Sea Devils, I had yeah. the Colony in Space. I jeez, um, I like I quite enjoyed the Three Doctors. Uh, what else was there? Like fuck it, the demons for me. I re- I again like I just enjoyed it. Um. There was so much good stuff from Joe, and to narrow it down, like, like out of fifteen stories, to narrow it down to three, where they're like, we both stretched, fucking, to have three bad ones. They're realistically, mm-hmm. they're, you know, like there's, you know, you could argue that there's two or three between the three between the three two of us, but God mm-hmm. Almighty, it was tough picking those three. But yeah, so, yeah. um. Do you? Will I do Frontier first, and you can do Sea Devils? Yeah, or... you do Frontier first. Yeah. You go first. So, Frontier, and a lot of what I say about Frontier is going to like echo into Planet. It's just a fucking great story. <laughs> like it really is. <laughs> like Joe carries it so well. She's separated from the Doctor a fair bit. Like, and you're just so interested to get back to Joe's thing. Is like her interactions with the Master are amazing. Because again, Roger was just part of that family and they worked so well together. It was so fucking good. Um, her intelligence being used against her is great because it shows the respect that the master has for her. That he goes like, mm. I, like she's a very clever, resourceful person. I'm going to use that against her. Um, and even he has grudging respect over the fact that she's able to resist his, uh, telep- his hypnotic um, attempts and also the device. That is just such a great sequence. And like she shows complete defiance and no fear when she's being interrogated by the president and General Williams. I, I, I don't know what more to say other than the fact that the Joe just rules in that story. She's great. She like, I'm so invested in her that thing. I was like, okay, the doctor's at the, the, the fucking space prison. I don't care about that. I want to know what's happening to Joe in the actual regular prison. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll be honest frontier was my coin flip yeah it was frontier or sea devils and i flipped a coin um I think, and this is why i, I was saying coin- like, if i had had to if i had to write the list again it may yeah. have come up with frontier depending on my mood my coin flip was probably frontier or mind of evil just because i like for the second story to come you know to have Terror of the Autons, and then to go into Mind of Evil, where she fucking starts a prison riot to take back control of the prison, <laughs> is just fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah. My, like Mind of Evil, because Mind of Evil. Like when I was doing my list, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm like, I oh, but Mind of Evil. We kept talking about Mind of Evil. Why haven't I mentioned Mind of Evil? Um, but for me, I think the Sea Devils is really. Um, I think it's really the pinnacle of Joe saving the Doctor. Yeah. I think the Sea Devils is a prime example of that. And using, you know, keeping her wits about her. Um, We had some great acting moments from Joe in that. And mm. I just think there was just something about the Sea Devils that just, I was like, you got to see the entirety of Joe as a person. We got to see her compassion. We got mm-hmm. to see her resourcefulness. We got to see her bravery. We get to see everything. We got to see her, like, how she works with other people. 
we got to see her standing up to your man Chin or Shin or whatever the fuck his name was. Um, no, that's uh, Klaus Vaxos. But, the, but yeah, like Chin The other 2. guy, 0. whatever his name is. The Chin 2.0. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Where's My Toast. Same co- Mr. Same, Where's My Toast. Yeah, same kind. Co- yeah, it's like you know, it was absolutely yeah. fantastic. And for me, I was like, "We're going to talk about Planet and Curse in a second, um, which personally I think are on their own level um, when it comes yeah. to Joe's stories." But um, I think for me, going through the ones we had for driving plot, for having impact, for saving the Doctor, for being being brave, for using her resourcefulness. For me, Sea Devils was a prime example. But again, had I had a different notion when I woke up yesterday morning and I wrote this list, Frontier probably would have been it. And had I wanted... And do you know yeah. what it probably was? <laughs> Mind of Evil and Frontier both have the Master in them. And, you know, my feelings with the Master are kind of higgledy-piggledy. The Sea Devils also has the master i'll admit but i often forget he's yeah. in it so <laughs> because joe doesn't really interact with him that much in it mm-hmm. do you know yeah. she's just off doing her own her own shit so um yeah i don't know I, you know it's a dartboard just throw a dart pick one of them yeah it is and you can talk for ages about it no i agree uh, so, Planet of the Daleks. Planet of the Daleks was an amazing story anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But for Joe, I think it starts off with Joe alone. Well, practically starts off with Joe alone. Mm-hmm. And never once does she waver. Never once does she fall. No. She is in this bonkers environment and she keeps going and she keeps making the right strategic choice. Do you know, we spoke when we were talking about the episode how she goes into the base to rescue the doctor and then she leaves and goes and gets the bombs, which was the right choice. The doctor yeah, was fine. He was out. And he's like, okay, she's out. he's out of his cell. He'll be fine. Off I go. Do you know? Um, again, we get to see great compassion. Yeah, we do have a... And actually, <laughs> these two stories both have a, a love interest. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's done well. It's... I, I don't know. It's just... It was really, really good. It was really good. I, like, I couldn't think of a single negative thing to say about her in that story, to be honest. No, I... I it just wasn't agreed. as good as Curse, which is why it's in second. No. No, I I completely agree because, like as you said, she she's constantly making the right decision. Like she takes the when she goes outside, like she's recording everything, she's documenting everything, even to like when she passes out, she's recording stuff for the doctor, knowing that he'll wake up. Like her relationship with Wester is great; it's fucking mm. brilliant. I love the fact that. Even when she gets paired up with Latap, you know that she's the one in charge of the fucking two, despite the fact that he's the one with the mission brief and he's the one that's carrying the gun. She's the one in charge of that duo. It doesn't need to be mm. 
it, there doesn't need to be like a moment where she the where like control has to be given to her. You just know straight mm-hmm. away that Joe is in charge of this duo, and it's just fucking great. And look, no fearless, resourceful, intelligent. She doesn't have a bad moment in it. She she doesn't. She really, really is just a one in that story. Yeah. And then it goes into the Green Death, and what the fuck? Yeah. But we've already talked about the Green Death to death. Yes. yes. <laughs> so in our number one spot, we have the first Joe Grant story I ever watched, and then subsequently mm-hmm. forgot everything about it. <laughs> yes. The Curse of Paladin. Which is... It's absolutely amazing, because if you think about it, okay... While it is not her first trip off-world, she's already had that, it is her first trip mm. off-world where... I, I get, sorry, no, it's not, it's not even her first trip off-world where she's separated from the Doctor because we've had that. But this is her first trip off-world where there's so much responsibility on her because she's playing a part that has galactic ramifications and she doesn't blink once. Yeah. Like she has Except when they di- imply that she's going to get married. Small blink. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, fine, smart ass. I could have said the same thing about how you, Joe never falls down. Well, she did fucking fall when she fainted, you know, in Planet of the Daleks. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> but, like, no, it's like she. We have the racial prejudice of the Doctor against the Ice Warriors. And she's the one that fucking bridges that gap because of how she ha- how she re- does with Islier. Like uh, their relationship was fantastic. I think their relationship was yeah. even better than hers and the Doctor's in that story. Um, her relationship with Peladon of Peladon of the planet Peladon. Like I thought they they worked well together. I thought they really worked well together. And again, it's I suppose it's from the chemistry of. Uh, David Troughton and her. But like she's just even when and when the doctor introduces her as Princess Josephine of Tardis, she doesn't slip. Like she immediately goes into the role and she acts the part of actual nobility or of a noble dignitary. And again, like the fearlessness, like going outside the fucking castle in the middle of a storm on a crumbly ledge. I can't you can't falter, like, no. This is this is the best Joe story for me. Yeah, I, I would agree. And like for me, everything what you said, her again we see her resourcefulness. I love her and Islier. I think they're fucking fantastic. Like those two need an entire spin off just on their own. <laughs> oh, hugely. Definitely. <laughs> Joe and Islier like in a sort of Holmes and Watson <laughs> solving crime. <Yeah. laughs> fucking brilliant. <laughs> um but like Joe faces so much in this story in terms of she has to do with the Doctor's prejudice against the Ice Warriors, mm-hmm. first of all. You have this serious fucking mistrust of her because she's a woman coming from uh, the advisor. You have Peladon being like very, very sweet in his own way, but also putting a lot of pressure on her both from a romantic entanglement perspective Mm-hmm. but also from a political perspective. And I love how 
As soon as she senses it's getting political, she's pushing back. You want to flirt with me? Flirt all you want. You want to use my emotions to get something for you politically? Fuck off. Stop doing that. And she calls him on it. Which, again, why she couldn't call Cliff on his bullshit in the Green Death? Who knows? But I think it's, it's, it's just perfect. Like The thing that was missing in Planet of the Daleks was her standing up for someone. Or standing up mm. to someone. Do you know? Yeah. Um, and in Curse of Paladon, we get that. We get the full Joe Grant picture in Curse of Paladon. And to be honest, if they were going to have Joe run off and marry someone, I almost wish she'd gone back to Paladon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I almost wish that they'd like they'd gone back to Paladon and she'd met him again and kind of gone, Do you know what? I can make a difference here. Mm-hmm. I love him. I want I actually I actually kind of wish that like at the end of the Green Death she was like, Do you know, I met this guy named Cliff, he's a bit of an asshole, right? But he kind of reminded me a little bit of Peladon and like the whole time I was with Cliff, I was thinking of Peladon. Doctor, can you take me back to Peladon, please? Yeah. And like <laughs> she goes back to Peladon and she stays there. <laughs> and presumably she would have gone because Benton is getting close to Nancy, so obviously she has no luck there, so she might as well go back to Peladon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I I think I think her and then Curse of Peladon is it is the hands down best story for Joe. Um, all of the others, I think Planet is like the the very close second. The other ones we can kind of pick and choose. Yeah. But like Curse is amazing and like I said it boggles my mind that I had seen Curse before and yet I still went into this rewatch kind of going, oh, okay I don't know how I'm going to feel about Joe. And I'll be honest, part of that may have been your fault. From your something possibly. for the dad's comment, yeah, possibly, <laughs> po- yeah. No, I, like, I, I, I t- as I said, like I fucking put up my hand for that for a misleading comment because hmm. I think, and like, I, I, I could shift the blame to Darrow Bree because he was the one that you know first mentioned, you know, like uh, Doctor Who's sexy companion, something for the dads, and again, I think my just image was of Joe's outfit from the tur- from the Tree Doctors, which she's amazing at, by the way, like she's fucking hot in it. Mm. But I just think that was that that description placed with that costume was where I put that. And I as I regret it ever fucking it coming out of my mouth because she's anything but Well she's a little like you know she is still pretty. But no yeah. well, no, no, that, that's but what, she's that's not what I'm saying. Just She's not just yeah yeah sorry, she is not she's not something for the dads. She is something for everyone, because of what she represents. Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned that Joe had come like shooting up into your top ten. Has she made it into your top five of the companions we've seen so far? And where would she rank? Where would she rank so far? Mm. So far, it's like. I think uh, so far she's in top five because I just love her character development so much. I think she's either number three or number four at the moment because I love Liz so much. And I'm going like, but do I want Liz number three? I don't want Joe number three. I'm not sure. <sighs> I'm going to say that at the moment... 
Joe's my, my fourth favorite. She's knocked Jamie into the fifth spot at the moment because I just think in terms of everything in terms with the positives and the negatives, Joe just wins out better. I think. So I'd be the same. Uh, she knocked Jamie down to five. I would put her in number four. I'd mm-hmm. still put Liz in number three, just because yeah. personally I relate more to Liz as a character. Yeah. But that's no slight against Joe. That's just no, a personal. No. This is a personal, like the way I relate to a character. Um, was I expecting her to jump into the number four spot? No, not a hope. <laughs> um, but I'm very glad she did, and I'm very glad. Do I'm actually very glad that we do this podcast, and I actually got to explore her character from beginning to end now because I've obviously seen the Sarah Jane Adventures episode. Um, yeah. You know, anyone who wrote Joe off as a total ditz, you know, a screamer companion or whatever, lads, you have to watch it the whole way through. Yeah, you really do. And, like... Or just watch Mind I, of Evil to Planet of the Daleks and leave out the first one and the last one. Yeah. And I was just looking up there because, you know, the way certain people said, oh, I have a favourite story. Mind of Evil is one of her, is one of her favourites. She really enjoyed Mind of Evil. <laughs> uh, yeah but definitely mind the view of the planet of the Daleks and then just make up your own ending it's fine <laughs> yeah like I said she went back to Paladon or you know she you know realised that she doesn't like working for the military uh, but she does like working for the UN so maybe she worked for like the UN uh, peacekeeping corps or something <laughs> yeah Oh, so that is another rambling done and dusted. We've said goodbye to another companion and sad to see her go. But as I mentioned, as I mentioned at the end of Green Death, there's someone that we've both been very much looking forward to coming on Monday. So join us for the Time Warrior and the introduction of Sarah Jane Smith. Bye. Bye.